You're listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift Radio production. Hey, Casey. You know how yeah. sometimes we hate watch movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love watched this one. I made sweet, sweet love while watching this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. To all this right. movie. To this that's movie. That's right. And you were all alone. All right. <laughs> I was. Well, sometimes self-love. <laughs> it's the most reliable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 127. I'm Casey Ryan. Yeah. And I'm Todd Panic. And, and we, watched we watched Thor. Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, hey that, was a, that was a pretty good Kiwi accent. Hey there, I'm Cork. I'm just <laughs> by the rocks over here. <laughs> Don't, not a problem unless you have a pair of scissors. That's a little rock, paper, scissors here before you. And this is Meek. He's got knife hands. <laughs> fucking love yeah oh korg <laughs> oh yes 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 we finally got to it because remember when we did planet hulk yes and korg was now he's like i am korg i am a mighty warrior I'm like oh boy that is not the korg that's most of the, the world korg. knows that's right there's a lot of people that are going to be upset about that uh, a lot of people are gonna a, be like that's not korg <laughs> there's an interesting connection to planet hulk in this movie yeah well, I mean, obviously, oh, besides yes. oh, the, the well, story yeah. elements. Yeah, I, I mean, besides the story Besides elements. Sakaar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, I'm, I'm excited. I, I I can't wait to, I, let's, let's, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, since we are. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? So, <laughs> that's what I'm using, too. Uh, so, <laughs> the, really excited, really excited you guys know this story. Branch Out Bottle Shop, the finest beer selection you're going to find in central New York. They're over here at Township 5 in Camillus. Uh, this was a movie. Carissa said to me as I was checking out, she's like, I always know when it's a movie you're excited to watch because you don't ever have a hard time finding a beer. She was not wrong. <laughs> I had like three choices 90 seconds into the, my, my trip. But I'm very happy with what I ended up with. So full disclosure... Um, oftentimes on this podcast, we're drinking beers that we've never drank before. True. That is not the case today. <gasps> today, Scandal. as I uh, gave you a heads up via text, this is a beer I've drank before. And spoiler, it's a delicious beer. So I think we've shared on the podcast. I've started working a little bit at uh, Freight Yard Brewing Company, which is a uh, central New York uh, farm brewery. Which is pretty cool. And. Mm-hmm. This is a beer that we have as one of our guest taps. We just got it a few weeks ago. It's from a Syracuse brewery, Talking Cursive, um, which I've I drank at their beer. Their beer was last year's choice for my wife's uh, men's shopping night at Witty Wicks. They've got oh. great beers there. Their, their tagline, I'll read it right from their website, is... Uh, located in Syracuse, New York, across from the historic Niagara Mohawk building, Talking hey. Cursive is a woman and veteran-owned brewery that values quality and innovation in everything they do. Brewing is an art form, and every pint they pour is an invitation to be a part of a unique and evolving story. Uh, spoiler, this beer is delicious, like uh, every beer I've ever had from theirs. Really happy with this. So, Casey, I would argue that... Um, Although it appears in the in the movie twice, I view the first time this song shows up 
is a little appetizer and a moose bouche right? Like it can no, excite us for the climactic uh, reveal later on. But one of the, the the most dramatic moments in the in the movies, the the final fight where it is choreographed to Led Zeppelin's classic immigrant song. And uh, right, right. Um, yeah. Don't sing anymore because we know we can't get the clearance for that. But it, well, that might end up in under your intro. Who gets a fine. fuck? Yeah, that's fine. Who cares? <laughs> uh, so um, the it, it's a great song. It references all kinds of Norse mythology. It's a great mix. And Taika Waititi's choice to use that for that portion of the soundtrack, I think, was or whoever made that choice. Uh, was, uh, I think it's Taika. I think Taika said that the, he wanted that song because I don't know if we just say it or if or if he said it that he wanted the movie to feel like a uh, airbrushed painting on the side of a van. That that's not bad. You know, it's funny. I'm going to compare some a couple shots to different paintings later. So uh, put a pin yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mark Allen Mothersbaugh is the. Uh, gets the music by credit. He was actually the co-founder, lead singer, and keyboardist of a band in the 80s, little, little band named Devo. Devo. Whip it. Whip it good. Oh, I was thinking Dio. Oh, not Dio. Ronnie James Dio the from Devo. Portland. Not, not Ronnie. Yeah. 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 Um, no. So um, don't know whose Dio. choice it Devo, is, but yeah. uh, what a great choice to to pair this iconic music with this amazing action sequence. So that is Led Zeppelin's immigrant song. Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. has another song called Tangerine. So in, yeah. a, in a little uh, <laughs> mashup, we are drinking Talking Cursive's fruited sour called Tangerine Song. Yeah. This is this is described as a sour ale with tangerine drink packets. Casey, tangerine drink drink packets can only refer to one thing. What does that make you think of? Tang. Tang, the the only drink that's been to the moon? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh a very funny joke on uh that 70 show when they when Eric get tang. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, and it, they're like, don't forget your tang. Like, oh god, mom, all growing boys need tang. <laughs> uh, I totally drank tang growing up. <laughs> it's great marketing. Um, Wait, do you not do you not realize what that tang is also a oh poon poon? Yeah, it's slang it. for a vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all well, growing, growing boys need, need tang that too. Yeah, well, some boys and some girls. some boys, some don't. Yeah, then yeah. Um, so this is a fruited sour we've shared many times. I don't drink a whole lot of sours. I don't think you either, but spoiler, this one's delicious. I think you're going to love it. This is served the one pint craft can. It's 4.5% alcohol by volume. Let's, uh, let's drink this. Let's crack this son of a bitch open. Oh, right in my eye. (laughs) That's what she said. I got citrus in my eye. Mm. Oh, yeah. Let me move that can over there. Oh, that's nice. good stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, you know, I, it, I think you add citrus to anything. This, I'm right there. Yeah. Well, and the, the, uh, cheers, my friend. Cheers, buddy. Um, the tangerine of it all 
makes a sour less sour. It's more of a tart. Oh. Much like this movie. Very yeah. tarty. Oh, <laughs> right. But that is a delicious beer. Holy cow. And 4.5% alcohol. Um, you can drink a bunch of those, right? <laughs> it's oh, not uncommon for us to sor- drink uh, beers that are like twice that. So, <laughs> Yeah. Right? This is a good porch sipping beer for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. Or or a uh, sitting on a cliff in Norway <laughs> sipping beer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Casey, good news. Um, good news. This is the 470-11th uh, movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we don't need to talk about characters that have already shown up before. Um, Thor and Loki, obviously. Odin. Doctor Strange, even. Um, there's just a whole lot to love here. God damn it. Doctor Strange in fucking comic accurate yellow gloves. You love the le- yellow gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has yellow gloves in the comics. And when he showed up, I was like, oh my God, he got the yellow gloves. They and totally- the reason they did it, you know the, why they did it. No, no, no. So Benedict Cumberbatch didn't have to get the, the makeup on his hands from the scars. Oh. <laughs> that is literally the reason. They're like, it's comic accurate, but also saves Benedict about two and a half hours in the makeup chair. I mean, that's Drax in the in last year's holiday special, right? Like he wears that vest well, and, the whole thing. And Batista's yeah, like, apparently his nipples it. became unsensitive. What? I didn't hear that one. That's the joke in Gardens of the Galaxy 2. Why don't you ever wear a shirt? Oh. Or he doesn't want to put on the jet <laughs> vest. He's like, I have sensitive nipples. Oh, my nipples are sensitive. <laughs> That's right. That's Rocket. Right. We've done, oh, yeah, we've done that, so I'm not spoiling yeah, yeah. anything. No, but, uh, but yeah, it's got to be, It's a, you know, every actor who's, has, who has talked about that superhero physique talks about how miserable that experience is. So I think Batista's wearing the vest twofold to not have to have all that shit on his chest. And also because it's clear he didn't get as, I mean, he's still in good shape, like, but you can see he's a little fuller in the face. I don't think he, he did well, the I, full workout and I don't blame him. It's, well, a, I, it must, I'm, go ahead. Sorry, no, finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, I just, I, I don't, I don't blame him. Not wanting to be like, I, I'd like to eat food. Yeah, and drink water. Yeah, Thank that's you so much. the thing, right? Like the the mass is one thing, but my understanding, uh, not a bodybuilder, uh, but my understanding of that that um, show look, the the incredibly ripped definition. Uh, bodybuilders are dehydrated when that's happening. So, yeah, it's a horrible. Cavill, yeah, Cavill's talked about it. That oh, like the he, shirtless scene in Man of, Man of Steel, like you drink a shit ton of water for two days beforehand. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to drink twice your body weight. A day. I'm like, no, thank you. Good Lord. Uh, I'm like, I would just be peeing all the time. Um, my first deployment to the Persian Gulf, Kuwait in summertime, uh, we were required to drink during the day. If you're working the day shift, uh, the security forces there, you were supposed to be drinking two liters of water an hour. (laughs) Um, you, so you pee a lot. The worst part is at night, you know, you stop drinking like once your shift's over and you're like not in the sun, you're in the air conditioning or whatever. Um, but y- that fluid buildup like takes a while. So you end up pissing all night long. It uh-huh. was not uncommon. I never did this. I think it's incredibly gross. And and it's more the second part than the first part. Not uncommon like for guys. Going. Yeah, not uncommon for guys to take the water bottles, which are these big two little um Two liter bottle no. or one liter bottles, but they're really tall. No. And yep. Oh yeah. So in the middle of the night, because 
you're in tents and you'd have to walk to like a latrine trailer. So instead of walking to take a piss, you just, you know, piss into the bottle, put the lid on it. Now, I I directly witnessed, and this was bullshit, and, I'm, and if any one of our listeners, I can't imagine any one of our listeners would have ever done this, but if any of them served in the Persian Gulf, I'll bet they saw the same thing, and they know what evil motherfuckers those guys were. I'm talking about the guys who had <clears throat> multiple piss bottles under their cots when they rotate back and they just leave that. I saw one. Nope. I, nope. It had to be at least 10 piss bottles that were full. That is just fucking bullshit. And if you've ever done that, you're an asshole. So No, I don't like that at all. No, fuck <laughs> you if you've done that. That's gross. And, That's you know, your, that, that is your body's waste. Don't leave that for the next person. And it was actually shocking. I was actually shocked because uh, it was so dark. It looked like like Arizona iced tea bottles. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how we no. got here. Okay, right. let's let's abort. Let's let's abort. Uh, okay, Sorry. almost cast. I only almost I only cast. found I only found one. Yes, because most of this cast is returning, and it sounded mm-hmm. like from everything I read, like Tessa Thompson was right from the start. Tyka's number one choice for this part, based on her performance in Creed. Oh, which okay. I don't. I I never saw Creed, so I can't. I can't. Jeez, I, um, I feel like I watched it. I did watch it. I need to go back. She's and a, she's it. a girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, and the only one was Hella. Was uh, um, Charlie Theron was originally um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean I she's like got that Clea. dark side. Yeah. What? What? As who? I like her as some character to be named later. <laughs> Motherfucker. We got we got to at least finish out the uh, Infinity Saga before we start spoiling the no, multiverse. No, I mean, saga. listen, listen. It's over a year ago it came out, right? But some people may be listening week to week or biweekly, um, and they might not know that yet. All right, just okay. someone could be finding this a thousand years in the future, and we're telling the stories of all of these. Then movies, it's even more the movies ridiculous. Lost. No, that's even more Well, ridiculous. how is it not? They're going to be going, who's this person that you just mentioned? We don't know who that is. Well, if it, if we're a thousand years in the past, okay. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, yes. Okay. So, she was almost cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the only one uh, that I saw. Okay. So, in terms of production, you know, the, the big name here we've already referenced a couple times, Taika Waititi. You mm-hmm. and I, I think, fair to say, both, you know, unreserved fans, right? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, love Everything Hunt for does. the Wilder Peeper, love Love Boy. Um, I mean, Jojo Rabbit, like, yeah, 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 yeah. might be the pinnacle of if his career. It's it, yeah, yeah, agree one hundred percent. You know, he first hit my radar from what we do in the shadows. So much so that I paid like, well, I think it was like fifty bucks to to get like an imported Blu Ray before. No. It was available anywhere stateside, like through maybe through eBay. Like y- this was when years did, ago. When did what we do in the shadows come out? Uh, what we do in the shadows, uh, twenty fourteen, almost ten years ago. Um, sorry, I just have to put it in here now because it's going to be important. Well, uh, three years earlier, we were introduced to Taika Waititi. Three years earlier, Taika Waititi. Uh, so, what would you ready? You? Oh, um, in brightest day, in darkest night, no evil shall 
Right. Right. Oh. Yeah. In, he's, in the, that. he's the roommate. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Uh, That's like Richard Ayode Ay- Ay- showing up in the watch. I feel like, like, wait, oh. you're so much better than this. Oh God! If you haven't watched the I, now that we're, the strike is done, we can start recommending oh, yeah. stuff again. Uh, go fucking watch the IT crowd. Um, so uh, okay, so Taika Waititi, uh, brilliant New Zealand filmmaker. One hundred percent. We're fans, uh, and I'll spoil. Uh, you know, I don't understand the hatred that. Love and Thunder gets, but well, you can you yeah, and we can we can diverge there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's quite obvious he was sabotaging himself. So, yeah, I, I look forward to doing that movie because I I yes 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 but, and yes and exactly. All right, so um, he interestingly, although he he does he he has written a number of the things he's directed, he does not write this movie, mm-hmm. or at least doesn't have a uh, writing. Credit. Yeah, there's so, definitely some punch up on on day of and some sure. ad libs that are there. Sure, sure, sure. Um, the the folks who get the written by credits include Eric Pearson, who wrote a number of the Marvel one shots. He wrote Godzilla. Uh, I'm sorry, Godzilla versus Kong, Black Widow, a number of episodes of Agent Carter. He's he you know is speculatively credited with the upcoming Thunderbolts movie which I'll be interested to see if that's actually any good. Another person gets some writing credit. Craig Kyle created the comic book character X-23. That we'll, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, the, the original version of her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, was that when she was a prostitute, or was that when Bendis took over? I'm sure that's Bendis. That's got to be Bendis. Yeah. God damn you, Bendis. Yeah. Stop it. Uh Craig Kyle also produced the two other Thor movies. He wrote a number of the of Marvel direct to video properties, including uh, and he produced Planet Hulk. So there's no, our there's which yeah, we've done on this podcast. Which we've done on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I bet you if you went back and listened to Planet Hulk, we'd make that the uh, connection there. I'm sure we would. Uh, and then the, the third person who gets a writing credit is Christopher Yost, a name we've talked about a couple times. Uh, he wrote Thor: The Dark World. He wrote oh, Max dare you. Steel. Oh, sure. how dare you! Yeah, um, Secret Headquarters, which was very much in that Shark Boy versus Lava Girl and Spy Kids kind of genre. Like, I feel like <clears> Colin's <throat> about to hit those movies pretty quickly here. Oh no! Yeah, um, he was <laughs> Sorry, also a writer on the Mandalorian. Uh, it, my boys, lo- oh. my boys loved those movies. They were a lot of fun. Spy Kids. Mm-hmm. You mean and Shark Boy versus Lava Girl? Like that was a heavy rotation in our house. Did you? I just I, love it. Is it in Spy Kids two that Steve Buscemi has the line? Do you think God hasn't returned because he's afraid of what he's created? You're like, I'm sorry. Is this a fucking children's movie yeah, yeah. or what? What just happened? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so those did Steve get, forget what set he was on? Yeah. <laughs> See, no, wow, it's in the movie now. I guess Steve Buscemi. Um, and then uh, finally, the last thing we typically talk about in production is the money. Put it in. I want to circle back to the the series, but money wise, um, this one twenty seventeen release, one hundred eighty mm-hmm. million dollar budget, box office uh-huh. eight hundred sixty five million. It's yeah, a, and and critically really well reviewed. And I think that's an interesting jumping point to maybe talk a little bit here and then go into the movie, but. 
I think you you cannot find in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you'd be hard pressed to find. I think in any successful genre, um, franchise, I think you'd be hard pressed to find such a different interpretation of a character that, other than like James Bond, where it's almost essentially different universes, Bond to Bond, yeah. but like with a single consistent performer and character, is there a more jarring? Uh, shift in everything about that character, the tone, the, the portrayal, the, the, if you look at Thor one, if you would like just to go from Thor one to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. But like this, this is now doing this podcast and mm -hmm. like keeping that in my mind as we're going, it's there, it's slow. And also, you know, we haven't seen the character for two years. She's sure. been out trying yeah. to recover Infinity Stones. So since Age uh, of Ultron, yeah. That, by the way, I'll say it now and skip the note later. Uh, thank you, Taika Waititi and the writers of this film for making it so that I don't have to do a previously on the Superpod Hero Cast because <laughs> Thor gives it to us right there in the cage at the beginning. Uh, everything that's happened, everything that's been sure. going on with him, prior movies to what was going on after that. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hooray, I'm, let's work for Casey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sorry, Aubrey just texted me. She just hit a raccoon. Can I pause for a second? Sorry. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Well, later on tonight, you're going to be laying down in your bed. And there's going to be something squishy in your pillowcase. And you're going to be like, what's this? And it's going to be because I put a turd in there. Well, I have no idea where the fuck we were, but we needed to have a little uh, pause for a... Uh, a real-world situation that was happening. A real-world situation. Yeah, let's put it... Every I, I, person yeah. is fine. Every person is fine, yes. I was trying to respect the <laughs> privacy, but be like, right. how do I how do I make this funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, um, shit happened. And, shit uh, happened. You it, know, <laughs> there was some laughing. There was some crying. <laughs> I think my wife is laugh crying with Joseph right now. Or no. Oh, no, it's got to be Jack. It's got to be Jack. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, uh, I don't know where we're... Do you want to just get into talking yeah, about yeah, the movie? Yeah, so... We right. like Taika Waititi. He's a, sure he's a, he has a unique vision, and I think mm -hmm. his stuff always, in the same way that Quentin Tarantino stuff, always feels like Quentin Tarantino. Don't wait, well, hold on, don't bring me into that. Oh, it feels like Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and say, it is so distinctive. Shyamalan yes. stuff, um, you know, Waititi Nolan. stuff feels like his. Nolan, absolutely. So, yeah. um, Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think and I think Taika Waititi will. Will be talked about in this in those same, you know, uh, all time great director conversations that those folks you just mentioned. Sure, a hundred percent. So with that, why don't we roll that film? Yeah. <laughs> Todd, once again, you have put a note before you start talking this time. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Sure. I'm sure there's a technical term for it, but a a voiceover opening that transitions to the character speaking to the camera, right? Like it starts out as kind of like an, a disembodied voice and then shifts to the person who's right there and speaking. It reminds me of, but of course this is a thousand times funnier, the opening of Denzel Washington's Fallen. Do you remember that? Yes. Such a great way of like kickstarting a movie. And, and I've talked about how it happens very much in the first Avengers movie and then 
every Avengers movie and not every Marvel movie, but specifically the Avengers movies. I love the way those movies just open right into action. You have this kind of energy drive right from the beginning. I think this is a great indicator of the kind of movie that Ragnarok is going to be because Thor's opening voiceover. I don't know what you're thinking. Oh no, Thor's in a cage. How did this happen? Is just so funny and so different from any way we've seen Thor for more than a few moments uh, up till now. And I think in terms of the MCU, I think you'd... I, so I think when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, oh, and Ant-Man, as I'm thinking back, those are a couple movies that almost reset the tone of the MCU. Yeah. I think this goes farther. I think there is no other movie in the MCU that has such a tonal shift from the history before it that Thor Ragnarok has. The character is almost unrecognizable. He he is this like pseudo generic Shakespearean prince in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Gets a little bit of depth in Thor: The Dark World, right? Especially his relationship with Loki, which is the best. A little bit movie. of humor, a little bit of humor in that one. Well, yeah, a little bit. No, no, a little bit. Uh, Avengers first. He was funny Sh- in Avengers. Sure, sure, but only like a line. But like he was. Look how out of place he is in the in our world. Funny, mm-hmm. which is just what Joss did to everybody who wasn't from Earth. And I'm like, I mean, Thor knows of Earth. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not. It's not like Captain America who's in a different time period. Thor knows Earth. Sure. Like in the first Thor movie, when he lands, he's like, oh god, this isn't Earth, is it? Yeah. Like it's right. fucking there. That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I, I by just, the way, I'm workshopping my my Hemsworth as Thor. I'm oh oh excellent. All right. I mean, you're no, gonna have some competition. He said he's gonna do it until people don't want to see him anymore. So oh no, I'm just workshopping the voice. Oh, the I, voice. Got I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do that workout. That doesn't look fun at all. You, you know. So you raised a couple of points. We get these little breadcrumbs in the MCU that Thor can be funny. Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth, the actor we knew was funny. So prior to this movie coming out, we've already seen him like blow the doors off of roles that I think are just incredibly co- hilarious. Um, so I'm thinking of, I don't think you saw it. Did you see, it's not a remake, but it's like an update of National Lampoon's Vacation with Ed Helms. I did not. With his ginormous cock. No, I did not see Okay. It. He's fucking hilarious in that movie. And it, and I said, wait, what? That's what I've heard. Like the movie itself is not great, but he's wonderful in it. His scenes, he absolutely steals the movie. Um, I think he's wonderful. And I think the whole movie is wonderful. The, uh, the female remake of Ghostbusters. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. My favorite moment in that is when he's wearing the glasses and he just rubs his eye through. Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, right, right. I personally, bef- even before he was Thor, um, he is uh, James Tiberius Kirk's father in Star Trek. Yes, uh, and had and- to sit down for the role because although he's only six three, it's not like he's like a seven foot tall person. I thought I read somewhere that like they made him sit to ensure that. He wasn't too physically imposing or something? I don't know. He was not as big in that. And also those those uniforms that they wear during that part of the Star Trek universe, which have never shown up anywhere else. Um, it is, fun fact, the only time that blue is command. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Usually it's medical because uh, it's bones, right? Blue. Yep. Medical and science. Medical no. and science. Yep. Oh, and science. Look at you knowing. Yeah, yeah, Look yeah. at that. But he... Um, yeah, he he's very skinny in that, uh, especially with the out with the uniform. And um, when they announced him, like that, 
the skinny dude from Star Trek. And then that, I still remember, we talked about it when we did Thor, that first shot, that first picture that came out of him, like kneeling down and he's looking up and like, oh, no, that's Thor. Yeah. That dude's huge. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things like you don't, ex- in the same way you don't expect John Hamm to be so funny because he's so goddamn <laughs> handsome. You don't mm-hmm. expect Chris Hemsworth to be so funny because he's so fuzz- physically amazing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just don't expect it. So just gushing. I have like a paragraph in this first thing. Um, <laughs> so we get the immigrant song in this opening sequence. In this, but wait a minute. Why? Why you're jumping ahead? Okay, all right, all right. I'll say that. Okay, okay. Stay, stay on target. I was trying. I was trying to like condense my stuff because I could stop every sentence. Okay, two years after the Battle of Sokovia, Thor is imprisoned by the fire demon Surtur, who reveals that Thor's father Odin is no longer on Asgard. Um, th- this is where I had my note about thank you for not having to do that previously. See, I spent some time on Earth, fought some robots, saved the planet a couple of times, and I went searching through the cosmos for some magic, colorful infinity stone things. Didn't find any. That's when I came across a path of death and destruction, which led me all the way here into this cage where I met you. Well, let's talk about Surtur for a second. Yeah. Do you know who is the voice of Surtur? The one and only. For me, he will always be the Kurgan Highlander. Oh. It's such a great... That's what you think of him? I think of him as the... Lex Luthor, right? Well, yes, he's also Lex Luthor, but live action, he's the head prison guard in Shawshank. If I hear so much as a mouse fart in here the rest of the night, I swear by God and sonny Jesus, you will all visit the infirmary. Every last motherfucker in here. Yes, but like that, where do you imprint with Clancy Brown? That is where me, I imprint, imprint with Clancy Brown. Because yeah, he, he was such a dick in that movie. Uh, it's Highlander. And where he is the Kurgan, who is just a, at, this, at, at different moments, comedic and horrifying villains in, mm-hmm. in such a wonderful way, right? Yeah, Clancy Brown is everywhere. I mean, he's fucking, he's, uh, is he Mr. Krabs? Yeah, he's Mr. He Krabs. is Mr. Krabs. Yeah. yeah. SpongeBob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you seen right. the there's a video out there where they reenact a scene from SpongeBob with all the voice actors live action? No. Uh SpongeBob. No, I don't think I've seen oh that. Oh my god, I've so seen, it's Tom I've Kenny. seen similar setups for other cartoons but not that. Yeah, much. I think it was for like an anniversary or something. So it's like everyone's waiting in line and Patrick is taking forever. Uh, it's it's really fun to watch them cuz you know, there's a certain physicality that goes around to doing some of those voices and just sure, to watch the actors do it. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. As Rocket. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Mark Hamill can't sit down to do the Joker. Oh, really? He has to stand and be big and huge. So that makes. Uh, have you seen the clip of Adam Scott on the tonight or on the Jimmy Kimmel show? Yes. When oh. with Kristen Bell, um, with Kristen hosting, Bell sobbing, yeah. yeah. I, and she, I, his hands are visibly shaking. The, it's like, so yeah. sweet. Uh, it could be, because <laughs> it's just like, we would both, you and I would both be exactly like with all the be beliefs because he's just yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? No, yeah. you did not fucking do this. No, yeah. <laughs> you're right though. The shaking hand is visible. And yeah. I just love Mark's like, I'm sorry. I missed your birthday. Oh. <laughs> and he hands him a lightsaber. Come on now to, to have Mark Hamill hand you a lightsaber. Come on, man. Uh, it's that's the just, fucking dream. 
Yes, there's, I can't put that into words exactly. Yeah. So yeah, right. um, uh, I just I love in this moment with Surtur and Thor, like you're like, oh, haha, it's gonna be you know some light humor to it, and then he falls down and he's like, Thor, son of Odin, Sasa, son of a bitch, you're still alive. Yeah, <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and then he's yeah, spinning around. He's like, "Wait, what? Oh, I'm coming around. Hang on, hang on. I'm not doing this. I swear." <laughs> it, the, the, again, I, I don't think it. I, I, I boy, oh boy, um, you, yeah, your train just totally derailed, man. <laughs> yeah, it totally derailed. Um, <laughs> I, I just remember being so surprised when Taika Waititi was announced as the director. Like, how is this going to fit into what we've seen? And even though James Gunn writes stuff that's so funny, I don't think of him as the kind of eccentric filmmaker that I think of when I think about Watiti. I didn't know how it was going to fit, but oh my God, like two minutes in, I'm like, yes, 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 keep yeah. going, yes. Oh yeah, by, th- by this point, uh, by, you know, Surtur, Son of a Bitch, and him spinning around, I'm like, oh, I'm, I distinctly remember us seeing this in the theater and being like, yep. yeah. I'm good. This is going to be a good yep. movie. <laughs> this, uh, interestingly, if you live in Syracuse and you're like one of oh, 17 people, uh, the first ever live event we did, we did a little um, impromptu open unscripted thing in Think Geek in the big mall here in Syracuse before we went upstairs and watched Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was our in our first season. Sure was. And that was... Uh, Michael's first time on the podcast. He mm. he came on to talk during uh, when we were at Think Geek. That's right. May it rest in peace. I did not know Michael at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Holy cow. Surtur explains that the realm will soon be destroyed during the prophesized apocalypse Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Once Surtur reunites his crown with the eternal flame that burns in Odin's vault, Thor frees himself. Okay, so where is it? this crown? This is my crown. The source of my power. Oh, that's a crown. I thought it was a big eyebrow. It's a crown. Yeah, it's that throwaway humor, right? Mm-hmm. That Mutiti's so good at, right? It's hilarious, but there's no emphasis how, on it. There's a couple times I know specifically one that is an ad lib. I have a feeling mm-hmm. about it, a couple other things. I'm wondering if this was an ad lib in, because I, I don't know if Clancy Brown was on set or if it was just Taika reading the lines or whatever, but uh-huh. his, oh, I thought it was your eyebrows. Definitely feels like an ad lib. And then, like, Tiger's like, it's a crown. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, how awesome during this fight, we can talk about a lot of this fight if you want. Sure. My personal favorite moment is Mjolnir's POV destruction. Yes. Where he throws it. You mean the Mjolnir cam? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, that's a super fun way to show Mjolnir. Um, Uh. Yeah. This is awesome. (laughs) And again, uh, I really want to keep emphasizing, clearly, because I keep coming back to it, what a shift this is in the MCU, which is so established at this point. I didn't even... uh, What's the number here? It's the uh, 17th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. And unless I'm misremembering, is there another time in the movie, in the MCU, where we get such a well-known pop song embedded in the soundtrack because again the immigrant song during this first fight i mean besides guardians uh yeah and that iron yes man. And, iron man 
Oh, Iron Man. Yeah, That's it. but it's but that sure, was but it, in the that closing chord, right? <laughs> but but that yeah, but it's only it's only that uh, closing. That no, like it shows up a couple. It, it shows up a couple times during the film. Does motifs it? of it, yeah, motifs of it, but motifs of it. But this like, this hardcore to the point. I, I agree. This is the first time that we see it this much. To the point that later, when Thor makes an appearance, I'm going to go right out and say that the Russos, Kevin Feige, I think it's Alan Silvestri, Silvestri, yep. Silvestri, Silvestri. Yep. that does. The, uh, the cinematography or the scoring. The, yeah, they all dropped the ball. God, we're just we're fucking gushing about this movie. Let's get know, let's get let, moving. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh in this fight, a couple things I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Thor <laughs> dropping Mjolnir onto the lower jaw of the dragon to immobilize him. Yeah, yeah. I love like that the dragon uses like jetpacks to fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. they're part of his body, but it's not wings. It's just like <laughs> I, he, yeah, he's a jet-powered I, dragon. I tr- I treat that the same way as like almost like the Asgardians are themselves, right? Like they're yeah. they're space Viking aliens that our primitive civilizations took as gods, but in reality, it's like right. Like it doesn't Just Thor say in the first movie, magic technology? You know, in my place it's all the same, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. Magic sure. is just science you don't understand yet. Arthur C. Clarke, yeah, and all right. Thor Odin's then. Yeah, well, who's yeah? yeah clearly who said it first? Be. I mean, it's just like uh, who said it <laughs> Arthur first? Arthur C. Clarke, yeah, yeah. Arthur Spock Lee. or um, Sherlock Holmes? An ancestor of mine maintained that if you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Thor frees himself. He defeats Surtur and takes his crown, believing that he has prevented Ragnarok. There's so much I love about the design of this movie. Draws so heavily on the run that I've referenced many times, Walt Simonson's run of Thor. Yeah. Th- this movie does not get made if you didn't read those comics. Yeah. The updated and, frankly, improved version of Hela's Horns, mm-hmm. um, uh, Surtur's appearance, like, this is the Simonson run. Even the, the, it, the Last Stand of Scourge is literally him with two M16s. Like, it's, yeah. And Scourge's... The whole look is Simonson, right? Shaved head, yeah. The, the, the things here, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I don't think Scourge looked like that before that, right? That was kind of a Simonson. Uh, you know, Simonson, I think, did a wonderful job of taking the original characters and then, frankly, making them better. I mean, I, I hate to say, it. I mean, like no disrespect to Kirby. <laughs> yeah, like it just it, made them more human. Uh. Because, I, yes, Kirby's great. Kirby did all the stuff. But, I mean, they were like, fairly Faust, do, you know, does mother know if you wear her drapes? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think if you take Kirby's art and understand the essence of, like, the des- of the geometry in his art and simplify it, I think I think that's what Simonson gave us. It's just so good. If, if yeah. you even tangentially a fan of, of the physical medium... Go grab, you can get them in the trade paperbacks now. Grab the Simonson Thors. They're just so good. They're so good. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it'll make you all the more upset about Dark World when you read the real uh, Dark Elf saga in Marvel Comics. Yeah. Why? Why? We're having fun here, Todd. Why I you gotta, okay. why you gotta bring up a shit movie. Uh, fair, fair. Okay. Let's we'll get back to fun. So right. Thor returns to Asgard. Uh once again, it is a different landscape for Asgard. Yeah. Again. For like the ninth time. Yep. Guys, 
it's all on film. Just go back and look. I don't understand how this is so hard. <laughs> um, so as Thor re- returns to Asgard, he finds Heimdall gone. And who's in his place? Behold. Carl fucking Urban. My stuff. Another imposing physical performer who can be so incredibly funny, right? Yes. Um, do you know the story behind the shake weight? Uh, my mother-in-law at Thanksgiving about 10 years ago. Oh, no. Wait. She was pantomiming. Yeah, she loved it. She she loved the shake weight. You can you can get two of them and go like that. And it, it's a... Did it's your a mother-in-law organ. not see the... She did not. The Saturday Night Live sketch where like, they do this? <laughs> a table of like 20 people watching her pantomime... Pantomiming jerking, jerking off two guys, yeah, yeah, it just oh god. No, but do you know about the shake weight in this movie? In this movie, no, I do not. Uh, it is? Yeah, no way, I think I do. Taika Waititi, like, hat, like, legit had one on set, no, for Green Lantern. So, this is technically <sighs> the first DC Ma- Marvel crossover <laughs> <laughs> involving a fucking shake weight. <laughs> Oh God! Just that is the best shot in the movie when uh, when the two Asgardian women are and they're like, um, "Shouldn't you answer that when the when the Rainbow Bridge is yeah. and he's just sitting there, he's ringing." Yeah. <laughs> God, he's so fun. He's so good. Yeah, agree, agree. In addition to Heimdall being gone, Thor's estranged brother Loki is posing as Odin. Anthony Hopkins is perfection in this. This is the best mm-hmm. he is in any of these movies. My only rub is that he's not doing a Tom Hiddleston Loki. He's doing his own thing. He's having fun finally in these movies, but he is not being Hiddleston. That's my complaint. That's my only rub okay. is that like he's not he's not like like you remember in the second Matrix when Agent Smith ended up in the other guy. And that guy pretty much had to do a, a uh, an Agent Smith uh, imitation yeah, yeah. for all of uh, the Matrix Revolutions. Uh, it's like, uh-huh. where was it? Where's where's the? But I just love the uh, oh, shit. when he yeah. sees that it's Thor. <laughs> yes, uh, and my note is that I I just love that Anthony Hopkins gets to play the original Shakespearean epic Odin, but mm-hmm. then also gets to drop every ounce of gravitas. And gets to be and gets to have fun with it. So that's a fair point. He's not doing a Hiddleston, but I just we so rarely see Anthony Hopkins being whimsy. Yeah, and I, oh, I just I, love it. I I'm just kind of complaining about it, but he's a fucking delight. Like I'm like, yes, he's not doing Hiddleston, but I don't care. It's good. It's fun. It's fun. Silly. Good. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is being an actor again. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, it's so funny you say that. Jumping ahead a few minutes to when Odin dies. So I'm reading from the Wikipedia page uh, for the movie. Watiti was surprised by the improvisational ability of Hopkins after he was told, quote, to be funny and to really destroy what's come before with his role and recreate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he did. He, he's wonderful. He, oh, He's wonderful so as, as uh, Lodekin, I guess. Loki Odin. <laughs> sure. And sure. uh, an Odin actual, because it's a different Odin actual, too. Like, Yeah, it's a, yeah, agree. Sorry about that time. I turned you into a frog. It was a wonderful joke. It was indeed hilarious. The play within a play. I mean, oh, my God. Matt Damon, 
Luke Hemsworth and <laughs> the Sam only Neill. Hemsworth they would have gotten to be in this because, <sighs> as we've talked about, Liam was originally there to audition for Thor. Mm -hmm. So they're probably like, uh, Chris, do you think we can call Luke? You can call Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call Liam. But Matt Damon, uh, fucking that guy's brilliant. As his second appearance as Loki. Wait. Oh, wait. Uh, Yes. Where is it? Is it a... Let me let you stew in it for a second. Mm -hmm. It's got to be New York. Is it a... Nope, it it's a movie. Like a show within a show? No. Nope, okay. it's a movie. Okay. It's with him and Ben Affleck. They're angels that are going to get back into heaven. Right. Loki, Loki and Bartleby. That's right. I 100% want to, I would like to interview Taika Waititi. We are available whenever you are, sir. <laughs> but I want to get confirmation because I feel like he is cast because of that. I think... I have this strong sneaking suspicion that Taika Waititi would be the type of person who would really enjoy Kevin Smith. And since he'd already played a character called Loki, That's why funny. wouldn't he put him in it? I didn't even think of that. You're yeah. totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, he this put- whole scene, though, is pure Taika, and it's so good. And so Loki died of his wound, giving his life for hours. Fucking Sam Neill, man. And Luke Hemsworth, as funny as his brother, right? Like, and the three of them, their play within a play fucking rocks. It's, it's just so it's, ridiculously It's so good. wonderful. This whole scene, mm-hmm. yeah. And then when Anthony Hopkins is mouthing, <laughs> mouthing, I didn't do it for you. I didn't, I didn't do, it, do for it for him. <laughs> What's the better Loki reaction? Uh, the oh shit when he sees Thor or the I have to leave this planet when he sees. He's <laughs> who? We haven't gotten there. Okay, all right. Well, then let's I'm gonna keep bleep, going. I'm going to bleep your word, your name. No, uh, no, I was thinking when when Scourge finally shows up, he's like, Behold! Thor! Odin's son! You had one job. Just the one? I love Hiddleston. He's just a yeah. oh god. He's so good in this. He's so good in everything he's in, but... You know, and, and it's almost now watching it, having watched the two seasons of... Loki on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, we knew that he was wonderful and he had this wonderful character in Loki. We had no clue of how much he could do with it. And I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure this helped cement the fact that this could, that he could carry a series, right? Sure. He's a villain, you know? But by this point, he is that villain that we love shows up. Yes. I mean, later in the movie, someone says to him, Last time I saw you, you were trying to kill everybody. Where are you? Where are you these days? It varies from moment to moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that right. is that is Jeremy Irons in Reversal of Fortune. You have no idea. Like it's that <laughs> much dripping of. I don't think you should fucking trust this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the last note I had here, and I think you know we touch on it, but it, but I'll cement it again. This movie picks right up and it amplifies the best parts of Thor: The Dark World. Which is the Thor and Loki relationship. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. And, and, you know, I'm sure at some point some nerd will make a Thor and Loki recut, right? Like of of the Thor movies plus the first Avengers movies that's just about Thor and Loki's story. And I would fucking watch it. And this would be what a wonderful crescendo, right? Yeah, 100%. So they go to Earth and they're there where... Loki left their father at a retirement home. I swear I left him right here. 
right here on the sidewalk or right there where the building's being demolished. Great plan. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly this uh, glowing circle ends up underneath. Just, what, are you, what are you doing? This isn't me. Loki. Uh oh. There's a little piece of paper that lands where Loki just disappeared from it, and it says. 177A Bleecker Street. That's right, with the directions of Dr. Stephen Strange. So, if I were to tell you where Odin was, all parties concerned would promptly return to Asgard? Promptly. Great. Then I'll help you. They find Odin in Norway. Everything about the Stephen Strange, like, I'm going to have a tough time at the end of this film with... Sure. With best... Best scene. With best scene. Yeah, I agree. It's... It's where we have Thor in the cage at the beginning, and then <laughs> it's the end where, I mean, this movie is just fucking delight. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree 100%. So, uh, before you say your note, because uh, mm-hmm. mine's real quick, they find Odin in Norway, or if you watched the original way the scene was shot, like I sent to you, they find him in an alleyway. Yeah. Uh, so, first of all, they made the right choice in the editing room. The scene that was the theatrical release is the right scene to release. But it was a pickup post the first trailer coming out because in that trailer, you can see that they are in an alleyway. Oh, I didn't even recognize that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, no, that that could just be that they shot that as well and that got brought into the trailer, right? Like, I don't know. I don't make movies. What do I know? I don't know. No, neither one of us do. That's Michael and Sabrina. That's true. That's true. That's totally true. Um, yeah, no, my note was just uh, what a great scene with the real Odin. And again, to your point, like this is the best version of Odin we've got on screen. Yeah. Uh, so Odin explains that he is dying. Ragnarok is imminent despite Thor's efforts and that his passing will free the firstborn child, Hela. Uh, a sibling Thor Loki did not know existed, was a leader of the Asgard army and conquered the Nine Realms with Odin. But... He imprisoned her and wrote her out of history after she became too bloodthirsty. So this is a giant fucking plot hole. These are immortal, for lack of a better term, beings. No one else was alive when Hela was alive to know this truth. A, there. And B, who is Hela's mom? Is it Frigga? Because, uh, what? So, in many ways, the MCU only goes as deep as it needs to to tell the story and have the plausible layer beneath it. So, no, sometimes you only need to go so deep. Yeah, and, and this is just one of those things that they don't spend any time on. So, in a departure from both mythology and the Marvel comics, yeah. Hela is, in both of those, the daughter of Loki. She is the goddess of death. Um, she's not the goddess of... She's not the daughter of Odin. In mythology... Odin is not the daughter of Frigga, although Frigga is Odin's wife. Sh- uh, Odin, oh, am I talking on my ass? Well, you Why just said I- Odin is not the daughter of Frigga, so may- you might Thor want to go back. Thor is not the daughter of Frigga. Thor is, not the, <laughs> Thor is not the son of Frigga. He, his mother is Earth Goddess. Actually, that might be the Marvel Comics version. I'm definitely misremembering. In any event, Hela is... You know, gets her lineage switched here. And mm-hmm. I mean, it works in the movies. In the comics, her roots are really deep. It, it, you know, it's a brilliant idea in the same way that Walt Disney took folklore stories and, you know, retold them with their own unique stamp. Yeah. That's 
public domain. You can tell the story of Cinderella. You can't. You can't have Gus Gus and the mice. Yeah, in any your of version. the distinctive yeah. Disney elements. You know, Sherlock Holmes is public domain. You can write a Sherlock Holmes story, but you can't uh, write. You can't. Uh, except for the yeah, except for the last one. No, no, except for Star Trek: The Next Generation. They had data create a Sherlock Holmes holodeck thing with Moriarty and Moriarty, and then like data figured everything out. And Jordy, being kind of a dum dum in the moment, goes create a program that its sole purpose is to defeat data no matter what. And he accidentally made Moriarty become self aware. He knew he was a yeah. hologram. He knew he lived in a holodeck, and they defeated him in that episode, but he was supposed to come back and be more and more characters throughout, uh-huh. like like a recurring foil. Yes, but then the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle went, um, and you're going to write us a check for how much? That might have been before Sherlock Holmes. Well, this was the 80s, so maybe. Yeah, I wonder if that was before Sherlock Holmes entered public domain. And maybe that's why, because then they went back four seasons later and someone was like, hey, this holodeck program's been running, and uh, Moriarty's <laughs> super fucking pissed. <laughs> and, yeah, and then he shows up in um, Picard, too. Oh, interesting. It's very newly public domain, because that was a big, famous uh, Star Trek story that they're like, we're going to do Sherlock Holmes stories. The fuck you are. Marvel's comics sidestepped that. They could take... The character of Thor from Norse mythology, all the associated elements of the mythology, and do whatever mm-hmm. they want with it, and that's what they did. So you can tell a story about Thor, God of Thunder. I like. I read a lot of myth-based modern fantasy. Love it. Thor often shows up, but you can't have the distinctive elements that Marvel Comics created. Right, the red flowing cape, the breastplate with the four discs. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they are. All those things. Uh, so. They're they're Kirby discs. They they are Kirby discs. Right. That's yeah. right. With Kirby Dots. That's right. Kirby Dots. Um, Last little pedantic thing. Loki, I'm sorry, Hela first shows up in Marvel Comics in Journey into Mystery 102 in 1964. Ah, Jesus Christ. Long time ago. Yep. I love you, my sons. Remember this place. Home. Odin dies. And becomes Tinkerbell. Oh, oh, turn into fairy dust. Come on, man. That's unfortunate. Uh, So Hella appears. It's not possible. Darling, you have no idea what's possible. Destroying Thor's hammer and Yolda. Kate Blanchett, stone cold sexy in this movie. And the husky voice she adds. Mm hmm. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, did you know that this is the coolest Easter egg of all time? What's that? When Hela appears and they turn mm-hmm. and Loki and Thor go from street clothes to their costumes. Yeah. What does Thor do with the umbrella? Oh, he he hits it on the ground like uh, just Donald like Donald Blake. Blake. Used yeah, to. yeah. I was like, God damn it, Taika, that's awesome. Good for you. That buddy. is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. a that's a fucking cool Easter egg. Yeah, Like, one nerd in every theater went, nice. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things, my note uh, on the scene is, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, but the Hela Hel- war helmet design, so distinctively Kirby, but also updated by Simonson. And I, I almost wonder, maybe I'll grab two of the pictures side by side that I think yeah. really illustrate what Kirby did and then how Simonson improved on it. And, oh, my God, it's just, I, I love that they gave us the comic accurate look in the movie. 
And I know a lot of people shit on Marvel's cutting corners with CG. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it on the whole industry, but would sure. you be surprised to know that they don't have a physical version of those horns made? It was CG every second oh, of the film. I'm not surprised at all because they're so ridiculously large, right? She, she's like a she's like a moose. <laughs> she she is a bit of a moose. I figured when she was just like standing, obviously when it grows out, it's CG. But sure, I was like, oh, she's wearing those at some point during this film. Never. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that because then you have to deal with real world. Like, does it make her hair look funny if she if she turns her head and it kind of like it'll always look perfect if they do it in CG. If they do it in CG correctly. Yeah, but you think like Hiddleston was like, "What the fuck? I gotta wear these real horns," and she just <laughs> bullshit. I mean, it, at this point, Downey has stopped wearing the Iron Man. Like occasionally, he's wearing shoulder pads, right? Like, and most of the time, not even that. Yeah, he's pretty much wearing like a chest piece. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, they got smart about it. Yeah. Well, the actors uh, did. <laughs> what was it? Was it just last episode that we were talking about who was miserable because of the the makeup? What's his name? Isaac um, Oscar Isaac. No, Oscar right? Isaac. Yes. yes was yes, yes, miserable yes, yes. with the apocalypse, right? So, of course, like, yeah, why go through? Why go through that? Well, the problem is they're letting the actors not have as much stuff on, but it's becoming clear CG CG. They need to step up their game again. It's it's getting shitty again. Got it. Kind of ebbs and flows. It's like you know Jurassic Park, fantastic. Five years later, all CG like fucking Dragonheart looked like garbage, and then all of a sudden, like in the early two thousands, Matrixy time, we mm-hmm. got back into good CG, and then it kind of became shitty again. Post like the Mummy was probably the last movie where I'm like. Uh, Okay, this is passable CG, but mm-hmm. we're we're entering a, a shit phase with with some of it. <laughs> oh no, that's un, that's unfortunate. Yeah, Hella pursues the two of them as they attempt to flee through the Bifrost Bridge, forcing them into space. Arriving in Asgard, Hella defeats its army, slays the Warriors Three. I don't <sighs> love that. No, first rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. You will be missed. <sighs> Second, poor Zachary Levi. He had to dye his hair and his eyebrows to not say a fucking word and be dead within 30 seconds of him being... I'm like, oh my God, you poor man. I know. I... I, You know, I was was actually thinking about this before we recorded tonight, how this is a really good example of the inherent difference between comic books and movies. I know it sounds stupid, but the idea that because comics is such a serial form of storytelling, you're incentivized to keep things open-ended as long as possible, right? Because, you know, 40 stories from now, you may want to come back to this idea. Whereas the the cost with movies, they just don't have that. So, you know, I, I, I don't like that we lose the Warriors 3, but I get they're not going to show up again unless you did a... Unless you, we did, we got a Balder movie, and we're not going to. So, okay, I guess I, you might as well use them in a way that serves the story. Well, I don't love it, but I think I understand it. He was mentioned last episode, but you know who was longtime rumored to play Balder the Brave? I do. Daniel Craig. Uh, sign me the fuck up for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I watched that ten times for that Madam Web movie. <sighs> Why? 
again, we're having a good time here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Don't don't bring up bad movies. Yeah, sorry, in Loki sorry. season two, when they show the the thing of Baldur the Brave, I'm like, that is uh it looks sneakingly like Daniel Craig. Right? Are they trying yeah. to let us know something's happening? Finally? Is that a wink, wink, nod, nod? Yeah. Want to see what true power really looks like? Hela re- resurrects the ancient dead who once fought with her, including her giant wolf, Fenris. No, the big doggo. <laughs> he's the best boy, even though he's kind of murderous. So this bit of her raising this zombie army, I really mm-hmm. like it. And... Um, I'm such a fan of mythology. I think it's a wonderful adaptation of the idea of the Einherjar, who were the fallen warriors that the Valkyries would select in battle, bring to the Hall of Valhalla, and then they would spend the rest of their days until Ragnarok. Basically, they'd wake up in the morning, they would uh, feast, they would fight, they would kill, they would die. They'd be resurrected the next day and do the same thing all over again. And they were, you know, Odin's special forces, essentially, to bring into Ragnarok. What a wonderful idea, because the mythology is clear. They die every day fighting, and they're resurrected the next morning. Well, what if the resurrection looks like this? It's such a creative Mm -hmm. idea. I I was so surprised by it. I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Agree. Hela then appoints the Asgardian Scourge as her executioner. Hela's plan to use the Bifrost to expand Asgard's empire, but Heimdall takes the sword, um, nerd glasses, Hofung, Hofund, the sword. Hofund, the sword, yeah. That controls the Bifrost. Thor crash lands on Sakaar, a garbage planet surrounded by wormholes. Yeah, Is that it is. what they're calling him? Wormholes? Okay. Well, Einstein Rosenbridge is just a wormhole. Well, what's he calling? What are they calling the one? Well, we'll get there. We're not there yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. We can only bring up these jokes when they happen. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, a slave trader designated Scrapper 142 subdues him. The ability for Taika to mix silly humor with awesome action sequences yep. is really first introduced here. Like, there's a little bit, but like when they're about to capture Thor and uh, Scrapper 142 is there, it's like. It's mine. She's walking down the ramp. She just falls over. Then she gives like a. Wait! She can't get her gauntlets to start working. And then when uh-huh. they do, she just mows them all down. It's like, yeah. damn, that was that was great. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, Scrapper One Forty Two is able to subdue Thor with an obedience disc, and sells him as a gladiator to Sakar's ruler, the Grand Master. Jeff Goldblum's introduction oh. in this movie is one of my favorites. Of all time, mm-hmm. and I love, um, not really like the he is in the comics. He's not really a villain. He is just a foil that uh, Thor has to deal with. If I make speak Star Trek again, he's kind of Q. He's just kind of there to yeah. annoy everybody's day. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So I had a note later. Well, it's a great time to talk about him. So um, Grandmaster is an interesting character. He's one of the elders of the universe. And in the Marvel comics, the elders are these immortal beings. And they they come from all different species throughout the galaxy or the universe. The, the only common characteristic is each one of them has a singular pursuit that they are so focused on that essentially they don't even die because they're so busy being focused on this singular pursuit. He's not the first elder of the universe we saw. No, we the collector. have already seen one, yeah, whose obsession is 
collecting these diverse things. The grandmaster in the comics, his obsession is essentially gamesmanship, games competitions. Yeah. Um, and go add to that the unique treasure that Jeff Goldblum is, and <laughs> we get one of the most memorable characters to ever grace the MCU. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, uh, how about the oh, again? Another note. I'll save it, uh, but. Uh, or not say it, but we'll say it here. The 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 creepy the Wonka music. <laughs> uh, pure imagination playing. Yeah, it's oh. it's it's definitely weird. And it being um what is it? It's a Disney ride that they're that they're making fun of here with the uh, the Grandmaster. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? No. Oh. Oh I can't remember what it is, but it's Come. like the with the lights and everything. Not the music, the lights and how like there's the shadows explaining the whole story. Well, I can't I don't remember. Know. Yeah, I can't remember which one, but I remember reading it once. Oh, interesting. Uh, it, it it you know it does the thing that the that um, William the or that Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. No, wait, which one's the first movie? Willy Wonka in the, in Chocolate, the Chocolate Factory. Factory. Yep. You know, does without acknowledging like where it grow it generates this dread. This one is like he's leaning right into it. Like, remember that scene that scared you, and they wouldn't admit that they were scaring you. Here, yeah. we're scaring you. Yeah, yeah. And I love uh, Chris's uh, high pitched scream at the end of it that just cuts him <laughs> in front of everybody. And yes. Jeff Goldblum's just like, huh. Now, a TV series that I know you loved is the Grandmaster just essentially the fictionalized version of Jeff Goldblum himself from Friends? A little bit. If you want to come back at the end of the day today, here are my notes. Ready? Yeah. Um, you're in your head. You're you're thinking way too much. I really doubt that. By that time, Friends was really stunt casting their guest stars, but that's one of my sure. favorites. Yeah. That Joey yeah, but, realizes that if he doesn't pee, he's a better actor. <laughs> that's right. But like the Grandmaster is the same thing Jeff Goldblum was doing as himself. Yeah. Time works real different around these parts. On any other world, I'd be like uh, millions of years old. But here on Sakaar. And that smile, that, <laughs> that like that like turn to camera, like yeah, he's not he doesn't turn to camera right, but he he allows his gaze to pass across the camera. Like it's a weird technique, right? In any case, uh, Taika tiptoes around fourth wall breaking throughout this whole film. Like at the beginning when he's talking about what he's done, and you think he's talking to us fourth wall, but he's talking about to the the other skeleton that's in there with him in the cage. Sure. I'm like, oh my god, yes, okay, yeah, okay. Um. So where the fuck was I? <laughs> Thor recognizes 142. Is that where it was? Okay. Oh no 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, no. Uh, Grandmaster, the Grandmaster. Oh yeah. So uh, so the ruler Sakar is a Grandmaster with whom Loki has already integrated himself because of course he has. Of course. But did you already do your note? Yeah, that was it. Was all a bit about the Grandmaster. Oh, okay. Uh, so Thor recognizes 142 as a Valkyrie, one of the legendary forces of female warriors who were killed fighting Hela eons ago. Two things. The <laughs> Loki Valkyrie fight that leads to <gasps> oh. seeing what actually happens, their fight yeah. at the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. When you we we see or or later I'm sorry later when we see when the, Loki makes him remember or makes her, her remember, remember yeah uh, that fight scene there's a blooper I don't know if you've seen it where Tessa accidentally 
kicks Hiddleston right in the naughty bits. Right in the Jack Johnson? And no she way. is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, 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 it's good. It's fine. It's fine. But you can see he's like, oh God, it hurts so bad. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's funny. Uh, and then uh, second, the, to see the death of all the Valkyrie, I'm just putting the note here, uh, yeah. was so awesome because it seems like it's like two or three splash pages in a comic. The, uh, so I had a note about that too we'll talk about here. For me, that shot is an Alex Ro- Ross painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been one of those things that very rarely happens but sometimes happens. Like if there's an epic moment in a comic, a very famous guest artist will come in to do that little section. Sure. That would totally be like, it would be like, I don't know, whoever's doing Thor now, whoever's drawing Thor, and this moment happens, and all of a sudden, yes, it becomes Alex Ross. And yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah. You. It almost looks like a different medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so perfect. Yep. Agree. Uh, Thor is forced to compete in uh, the Grandmaster's Contest of Champions, facing his friend, the Hulk. How great is this whole scene, but specifically the reveal moment and seeing I wish Thor's it hadn't reaction. been in the trailer, though. That's I, my note. Yes, I wish it had. We could have gotten around it. We could have just had him go yes! and then cut to other stuff in the film. So sure. we go and going, who is it? Yeah, it, it, yes, agree. It, this is around the time where you and I stopped watching trailers. This is and one I, of the reasons I stopped watching trailers. Yeah. Like, don't give, don't ruin this. Like, I it, love that we know each other. He's a friend from work. Was a Make a Wish kid was on set that day. Yes, and he's and, like, and like Tiger's like, you know. You know, the Hulk's going to be here. Um, and, um, you know, he's going to be like, oh, I know him. And, and the kid's like, he should be like, he's a friend from work. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, he should. Because <laughs> that's fucking golden. He's a friend yep. from work. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good. It's all so of good. it. All of it. Now, what's not here, and I chide it later when they finally get mentioned, but uh, Korg and Meek are not mentioned here. And um, there's some fun things like... Um, yeah, I think this may be the first time that uh, maybe since Iron Man in the definitely the Disney era of owning the MCU that mm-hmm. we get a masturbation joke by. You rode a hammer? No, I, I didn't ride the hammer. The hammer rode you on your back? No, no, no. I, I used to spin it really fast, and it, it would it would pull me off the. Oh my God! The hammer pulled you off the ground. It would pull me off the ground up into the air, and I would fly. <laughs> and do you think mm-hmm. that when Korg is trying out the different weapons. Yeah. What does he say about the try pokey thing? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. You're not really useful unless you're fighting off three vampires that were huddled together. <laughs> that's right. And what we do in the shadows. That's is, right. Is that's it? Right. Is it a, what we do in the shadows? Not. I mean, uh, probably not specifically, but also, it's, but funnier because of oh, the so fucking yeah, funny. I agree. Um, so you referenced uh, you know, a minute ago Korg and, and Watiti. There's a great tradition of Hollywood directors who who appear in their own films. Sometimes a cameo, right? Like Al- Alfred Hitchcock is a a body in is that Lifeboat or I don't know. One, one of oh no, he's in all of his, all of his. Films. He's in all of them, but sometimes he's like literally a corpse. He's, you know, that you he's see for uh, a second in in not Lifeboat, but the one that takes place completely on a life raft. He, he yeah. is a. 
uh, ad for a suit in a newspaper. Oh, that's the one I thought where he actually was a floating body. But no, nope. but that's right. why he is in that one. Okay, um, so you've got that end of the scale where they might make a split second appearance, and then you've got the other end of the scale. You know, I think of Tarantino in Pulp Fiction as mm. Jimmy. I think you mean of where he just likes to cast himself as the character that says the N word a bunch. Um, not disagreeing with that. Other examples I would include Mel Brooks, Christopher Guest, yeah, um, Shyamalan. You know who does it best, and and maybe they're so dis- different. Well, you can't answer that, but certainly not Shyamalan. I think it's Brooks. <laughs> I mean, we, we, you brought him up. He's I mean, sure. President Screwed. I mean, right there. It's yeah, fucking genius. Yogurt. Yogurt. William J. Lepetamain. I mean, yeah. What's the one he did with Anne Bancroft? To be or not to be? I, that might be my favorite Mel Brooks movie. To be his wife or not? Yeah. Yeah, his wife. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think that's his best movie. It, it's. Um, I, I have it's, a very, very soft spot for the silent movie. I fucking adore Dom DeLuise si- and Burt Reynolds. No, no, no. Uh, Mel Brooks. Well, well, it's got Marcel Marceau. That's one of the things I love about it. It is a true and silent he movie. Speak? He he goes no. He has, you know, that's it. It's he, the only spoken right. line is by a, the world's most famous mime. <laughs> it's <laughs> Sorry, not Dom DeLuise. Marty Feldman. Marty, Feld- Marty Feldman is also in it, but Dom DeLuise. Oh, Sid right. Caesar, Harold Gould, Ron Carey, Bernadette Peters. Yeah. Paul Newman. I mean. Yeah, and Bancroft, Marcel, Paul Newman. Yeah, holy shit. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen this? I've never seen it. I'm aware of it. I've never seen it. Oh, it's super fun. It has a lot of fun with the silent movie genre. Oh, I'll have to to watch that. Yeah, if you like Brooks, you you would like this for sure. Okay. All right. Well, check that out. While he's fighting Hulk... Suddenly, he is able to summon lightning, and Thor gets the upper hand, but the Grandmaster sabotages the fight and ensures Hulk is the victor. Another day, another Doug. Great fight scene, a lot of fun, you know, great mix of action and, and humor, and yeah. this whole Thor trying to break through the Hulk, but then makes the mistake of you know going to swing a hammer that Hulk doesn't like. Tries to do the... Hey, big guy. Sun's getting real low. That's right. He's no scourge, so Hanson will give him that. When they're back in their, you know, gladiator quarters. When in Hulk's apartment? Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna ask this question, and if this is not something you want to talk about here, no problem. But but I had this thought, and I wonder with you being so much closer to it, there's this moment where where they start arguing and mm-hmm. Thor wants Hulk's help and Hulk doesn't want to help. And then because Thor is angry at Hulk and wants to be me- wants to hurt Hulk, he has this moment where he says, "You know what? Earth does hate you." We see Hulk reacting to this yeah. acknowledgement of how he plays. Here's what I wonder: and Do you think there's any similarity? So I'm not on the autism spectrum, but I know people who are, and I know people mm-hmm. who are impacted by it. And mm-hmm. you know, everything I've learned about the autism spectrum is people who are on the spectrum are not unintelligent no i can't imagine how painful it must be to have these barriers to assimilating into what society says behavior should look like 
and mm-hmm. and there's this moment where the where the Hulk where that the 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 verbal punch lands because Hulk realizes that that is a truth the the earth does hate him it's yeah. nothing he can do about it and it, and I just had this overwhelming feeling of empathy like how upsetting must that be for someone who deals with that that it's not their fault and yet everyone perceives them that way and and I, I just wondered like how that strikes you I mean, I never really thought about it that way, but yes, uh, definitely with Hulk in that moment, there is uh, such a thing as called autism rage. Mm. And he's definitely, if we're going with Hulk does fall on the spectrum. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he's he's throwing stuff. He throws a shield at him. And that could have like, really hurt try- him. Right, right. And he says, "I you could have killed me. Yeah. And he, or, I, what are you? Are you trying to kill me? Yes. Like I work with special needs kids. Um, there are times when it is very apparent that they're they're like like uh, Banner says they're not their hands not on the wheel. Like it's heartbreaking, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I just had this overwhelming empathy. It, yeah, you just see you see the 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 switch when Thor says, "You know what? Earth doesn't like you." No, it's that Earth thing that hate, some Earth does hate you. Not even doesn't Earth like does hate, hate right? Like the worst thing, right? Even worse. Right. And so you see that that's the thing that gets him out of air the quotes, outward, autism the external rage. rage. Yeah, he he suddenly is in he's back in control. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a tough one. I mean we have a lot of autistic people or people with autism, whichever way you want to say it, it's mm-hmm. fine by me, uh, that identify with Drax because he doesn't understand social cues or right. metaphors. Or metaphors, right. Every, metaphors oh, yeah. go right over his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. He is very literal. Like, why would I run my finger across my throat? Is a very... Sure. My, re- my uh, reflexes are too fast. I would, I would catch yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Nothing goes over my head. Yeah, it's very, very someone who is um, the uh, ASD. So, yeah, I think we could say that the Hulk definitely falls under that category yeah. of having some autism-adjacent behaviors. It, it's such a sad moment. Even Thor sees it, right? He's like, oh, I didn't mean to actually hurt you. I see that I hurt you, and I... Even though I was angry, I didn't want to hurt that. I didn't want to hurt you like that. And I'm glad that they took the time to have that moment afterwards, where they're sitting on the uh, the bed, and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, Thor, you know, it doesn't hate you. You know, just and you know, Hulk has a therapy session. Sorry, I said those things. You're not the stupid Avenger, and nobody calls you the stupid Avenger. It's okay. You just can't go around throwing shields at people. Could have killed me. No, sorry, I just got so angry all the time. Always, always like for the Hulk to be able to say that is it's pretty amazing. And I'm going to point here. People complain about where Hulk goes. Mild spoiler in future movies. Mm-hmm. This is the stepping stones to that. It's 100. Yeah. And that I guess maybe I see it with my ADHD brain. I saw it back in 2017. I was like, huh, there are. They're heading towards Smart Hulk, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're heading there. It, it's certainly an, an introspective Hulk. Yeah, but when people get mad about, like, all of a sudden he says, "I'm like, it's not all of a sudden." Yeah, that's bullshit. It was coming, and also it's five years. Also, one of these people who has this problem is Chuck. 
Chuck, I'm sorry. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> Chuck is wrong on this, 100. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been there the whole time, buddy. Mm-hmm. You just gotta look. You just gotta read the. You just gotta see the clues. That's all, man. Use your cop brain. <laughs> you a cop? You have to tell me you if you're a, a cop. Well, the scene's delightful. It's wonderful. Um, we get uh, the Hulk butt in the morning. Uh, Hulk dong. That's- in my brain now. We do not get Hulk Dong because the animator specifically said they did not animate a Hulk Dong. He is a Ken doll down there. Sure, sure. That because you know some fucking pervert. Oh, if, if people they animated like, it, it was going to get leaked, and that's one of those things. That's where the Disney assassins will like shoot you through a window. Hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm. They've already been down that road with the Little Mermaid. They're not. They're not going. Oh. <laughs> Thor, Thor finds, Thor finds, so you know that urban, it's not an urban legend, it's, right, it's apparently no, There's true. a penis, there's a yeah, penis, a penis in the sandcastle, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the, the guy was fired, so he's like, fuck you, I'm putting a dick <laughs> he's here. He's a dick. So enslaved after the fight, Thor attempts to, to convince Hulk and 142 to help him to save Asgard, but neither is willing. Um, the Valkyrie pulling the knife on Thor... <laughs> Right. And then him pulling it down and her pulling up another knife yeah. <laughs> will never not be funny to me. Yes. Yes. It's it, it not only just everything about it, the timing, the physicality of it is just Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are so good at it. Yeah. It's like that and then the whole because that's what heroes and he throws the the rock and it hits him in the head. Yeah, like he the can't ball. say that's the what he. Yeah, that's right. The ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, it's so good. You know, All he right. seems like he must be one of those kinds of. So, as an actor, you you as an actor, he must be one of those kinds of people you just love being in a scene with because he doesn't seem like he has to like the focus or laugh has to be with him. He seems like he's just as generous with <clears throat> setting you up for the great moment, right? Yeah, I'd put him in the same camp as like Steve Carell with that. Oh, like sure. Steve didn't always have to be the funniest person on The Office. Uh, Jenna Fisher and um, Angela Kinsey say it all the time on their podcast. Steve was one of the most generous actors. If something was funnier for someone else, he was there for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my other favorite thing, I've mentioned it on other podcasts. want to put it in this one because we're talking about the movie. Sure. There's one line where Hemsworth's Australian accent pops out. Stupid place. It's hideous. By the way, the red, the white, just pick a color. Oh, I pick didn't a, even hear that. I didn't even hear pick that. Pick a what? Pick a color? Or oh, that's color? Funny. That's funny. Pick a color. Like, first time we watched it in IMAX, I was like, oops. That's so funny. I, I never notice those things, but you always do. That's so great. Australians have trouble with that, and they also have trouble with A's. They say R's. Interesting. Uh, do you listen to any of the armchair experts? Flightless Bird? Yes. Yeah, with David Ferrier. Yes. Yeah. Hello, yeah. I'm David Ferrier. New Zealand are trapped here in America. And I want to find out what makes America tick. Yeah. Yeah. They also Some, say tick. Uh, the A R or E R always when he says something like that, I'm like, oh, there it is, right there. Yeah. Have you ever heard him do his American accent? No, I don't think I have. Oh, it's so funny. He'll do it when he's like ordering food. So it's you know he's he's talking like this and also like yes hello I would like to order a Sonic's <laughs> like that's a terrible it's American a terrible accent. Yeah. He's not an actor. He's a journalist. That's right. He's a wonderful journalist. Yes, journalist. True. True. If you want to watch a very disturbing documentary, watch Tickled. Is that him? Oh, yeah, that's, that's been him on my tickled. radar for a while. Okay, I'll have to go. Oh, now I, now you I haven't get, seen it? 
No, and I Todd, it's so fucked up. It's, I, I think it's I saw so the scene up. where they try and get into the studio and then get. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I think Look. I've seen. Maybe on YouTube, I saw that or something. Yeah, it's incredibly. It's fucked worth up. watching the whole movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. So all right now, now, now Thor finds the Quinjet that brought Hulk to Sakaar. Nice work, big guy. We don't know where Ultron's headed, but you're going very high, very fast. So. I need you to turn this bird around, okay? Recording of Natasha Romanoff causes Hulk to transform back into Bruce Banner for the first time since Sokovia. Yeah, woof. 142 decides to help Thor save Asgard. Uh, so this is the moment we talked about a little bit earlier, the Thor versus, or I'm sorry, Loki versus Valkyrie. It's so good. The Alex Ross painting. The, that is amazing. And then right after that, we get the full spectrum of Thor and Loki's relationship. We get this beautiful, touching scene in the oh. elevator. Right where Loki is trying to make a, a move towards Thor, and Thor kind of pushes him away, and you see that land with Loki. I'm probably better off staying here on Sakaar. That's exactly what I was thinking. Did you just agree with me? Come on, this place is perfect for you. It's savage, chaotic, lawless. Brother, you're going to do great here. Do you truly think so little of me? Loki, I thought the world of you. I thought we were going to fight side by side forever, but at the end of the day, you're you and I'm me. And you see Loki be like, oh, no, here's my argument. Wait, did you, did you agree? Yeah. Like you see the wheels turn the, that's and then the point suddenly that, stop. Like, wait, that's, yeah, you're agreeing That hurts me. him. That hurts him, right? Like he, but he at wanted first he's it, like, but he oh, didn't want Thor to want it. Yeah, he, he was like, Thor's going to be like, no, we should stay together. And he had his whole, like, Loki speech ready. And he was like, because you said of yes. Of course <laughs> Thor would want to stay with him. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, yeah. Yeah, no, man. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, so good. So good. And then immediately uh, we get the get help. Oh my god, talk about whipsawing us! But they're all so organic and real yeah. and wonderful. Oh my god, this movie is just. I think the incredible. moment that a it's so beautifully written. I mean, it's a very simple line for her in other movies, but the way that a Chris Hemsworth delivers it and b Hiddleston reacts to it, I thought the world of you, brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is like as brothers ourselves. Like we have brothers, like we yeah. we felt yeah. that fucking moment. Sure, like, sure, like, sure. Because it was I thought the world of you, not I think the world of you. Yeah, that. And you that, see it on Thor. You see it on Loki's face. He's like, it lands. It that thought. lands the same way the the you know what Earth does hate you. It lands the same way that lands on Hulk. It's it it goes right to his <clears> core and it wounds him. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And then yes, yeah. And then get help. He let's do get help. What? Get help. No. Come on, you love it. I hate it. It's great. It works every time. It's humiliating. Do you have a better plan? No. We're doing it. We are not doing get help. Get help! Please! My brother's dying! Get help! Help him! <laughs> and then he ragdolls him. Oh, it's just so fucking so good. good. Oh. oh, God. All right. Oh, classic. I still hate it. It's humiliating. No, not for me, it's not. So Loki helps them steal one of the Grandmaster's ships. Specifically? It's a leisure vessel. What? The Grandmaster uses it for his good times, orgies and stuff. Did you just say the Grandmaster uses it for orgies? Yeah. Don't touch anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so appropriate. They liberate the other gladiators who, incited by two aliens named Korg and Meek, Stage a revolution. The revolution has begun. It is criminally, I'll say it again, it's absolutely criminally criminal that we are near the end of this plot summary. We are just talking about Korg and Meek. 
<laughs> it's so good. And clearly testament to what a great character he is because he comes back in Endgame, right? Yeah. Like in and not in like a cameo. I mean Yeah, he's a big part in Endgame. He's a scene. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um does Meek I'm curious, does Meek have a credit for like the mouth the noises? sounds? Yeah. Is it Bill Hader? He does a lot of this stuff. Um looking right you know now. Meek, famously- uh, St- Stephen Murdoch. Who is Stephen Murdoch? Oh, sure. Uh He's a stunt, largely a stunt performer. Oh, yeah. 60 stunt credits, eight acting Oh, he was credits. probably the motion capture for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did it say yeah, voice? Right, he's right. probably motion capture for Meek. Yeah, so um, he's, ma- he's mainly a stunt performer. Do you know who famously that, uh, not famously, do you know that Bill Hader is in a Star Wars movie? Yes, he's uh, B- BB-8, yes. BB, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's I love that fact. That's wonderful. Okay. Yes, and so are those movies. They, that's true. Oh no! Oh, no. I nope. gotcha. Nope. You no, said it. That's not true. That. That's not All true. but one. All but one are great. Loki again attempts to betray his brother, but Thor anticipates this and incapacitates him. There, there's so much funny to action pack stuff that happens in this film. Yeah, and we talked about it. The the elevator scene may be the best scene in this film. Like. It's, I'm yeah. really in a couple minutes going to have a fucking hard time deciding I, what is the best scene. A hard time or a, an easy time because whatever either of us say says yes, that's a phenomenal. Scene. You know, I mean, like there's no bad moments to point to. So yeah, so Thor Banner 142. Can we just call Valkyrie, her Valkyrie? <laughs> Valkyrie at this point. Come on, guys. Yeah. I was honoring it before we knew she was a Valkyrie, but sure. she's a Valkyrie. Escape through a wormhole. The devil's anus. Eh? Wait, wait, wait. Who's Anus? For the record, I didn't know it was called that when I picked it. Uh, what's not here is the scene in Valkyrie's apartment. The yeah. fact that it is um, completely... Improv. But, no, completely improv. But her apartment's a fucking mess. It's just... Oh, there's her? there's alcohol, you know, be, for well, lack she, of a better term, beer cans everywhere. Like, it is just like she is living the bachelorette life well, to I, the extreme. I think she's an alcoholic. Thanks. Oh, 100%. That's the subtext, right? Yeah. Well, I would, before that scene. I've spent years in a haze trying to forget my past. Mm. It's a car seemed like the best place to drink and forget and to die one day. Well, I was thinking that you'd drink too much and it probably was going to kill you. I don't plan to stop drinking. Oh, oh. But the, yeah, so the thing to point out, of all the ad-libs in this movie, the best one. There was one time when we were children, he... He transformed himself into a snake, and he knows that I love snakes. So I went to pick up the snake to admire it, and he transformed back into himself, and he was like, yeah, it's me. And he stabbed me. We were eight at the time. Go back and watch Tessa Thompson's face, because she's like, did I miss a script rewrite? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to pretend to be in the scene now, but I'm very confused. <laughs> I missed that moment, but I caught the moment where they cut back to Tom Hiddleston, and I... Wonder if that's a genuine reaction. I think it is. His yeah. smile, yeah. But I, I the best part of it is that ah, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I wonder a, if that insert cut is because they all started laughing, so they needed to. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it cuts maybe. away from the three shot to just a single of uh, Thor. So, right. Uh, okay, so uh, bu- 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 they escaped their wormhole to get to yeah. The, to, so they're at Asgard where Hellas forces attack Heimdall and uh, the Asgardian citizens. This great like rapid fire of humor and action. The mm-hmm. humor of Banner, like 
showing off for Valkyrie and then plopping onto the bridge, right? So, my note yeah. is the plopping onto the bridge mm-hmm. a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, from the Incredible Hulk when he jumps out of the plane mm. into Harlem. Mm-hmm. I, I showed Elliot this part. She was walking through. She was on, She just walks because we have a circular part to our house because we... The basement stairs are in the center of the house, so she uh-huh. just walks around them. Um, okay. She was walking. I'm like, Elliot, wait, watch this. And she watched it. She goes, is that guy dead? <laughs> Does Banner die here? Is this a death? But then he turns into the Hulk, so. No, because we we have a, we have a shot of him, like, like his face moving and reacting when he's laying on the bed. He's like. Oh, uh, I don't know if it's moving. Oh, oh mm. no, it is. No, no, it is. No, no, it's so it, it, it's so fucking funny. Oh no, and, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to the point where like he lands on the bridge and Fenris becomes a full doggo and it's just like, Mur? <laughs> what's this thing <laughs> cocking his head like, huh? Yeah. So Loki and the gladiators arrive to help, and repentant scourge sacrifices himself to his citizens. Now you were saying that this is right out of the comics, scourge's yeah, sacrifice. Uh, oh no, it's a sacrifice. Oh no, 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 it's a sacrifice. Do you think of another visual shout out that's happening there? What a terrible video game movie was Carl Urban in? Oh, I don't know. Doom. Was he really? And there's the shot where all the guys are climbing up on him. Oh, in the movie. And he's shooting this way, and he's got his hand up like this. It is the original front cover of doom oh then i i then i wonder oh, well it's so got, it, I, I had a note for it to do so when this episode drops you know we can put it into the liner notes um there's a great bit of walt simonson arc uh art of scourge's last stand including the m16 that is this like him atop the pile of bodies and it's so clearly like they're giving us that shot you know to point back to the comics so um, I'll have to look at the Doom art and compare that. Hang That's on, I'm, I'm sending it to you right now. We're going to do this in real time, baby. Oh, where he's firing parallel down in the one direction? Yep. Yeah, it's got it. It, it, It's got to be. It's. I mean, the bodies, everything. And the thing we're miss, we don't have is the one demon that's breaking the fourth wall in the bottom left-hand corner of the Doom poster. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's got to be. And I, I, you know what we haven't mentioned? What are the M16's names? <laughs> Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. I love moments when movies give us the visual images that are appropriate. And when you're doing a comic book adaptation, it's appropriate sometimes to take those. And I, I love it when we do that mm-hmm. well. Yep. Thor, battling Hela, loses his right eye and has a vision of Odin that helps him realize only Ragnarok can stop her. It's too strong. Without my hammer, I can't. Are you Thor, the god of hammers? Hmm? That hammer was to help you control your power, to focus it. It's never your source of strength. It's almost like he wouldn't get there if Hela wasn't taunting him. I'm the goddess of death. What were you the god of again? Don't trigger that memory. Yeah. So he sends Loki to trigger Ragnarok by placing Surtur's crown in the eternal flame. But Loki kind of uh, takes a hot Lingers. second, look, yeah. looks at the Tesseract. I feel like that may become important in a movie or two. 
I think you may be right. Yeah. Yeah. Surtur is reborn and destroys Asgard. The damage is not too bad. As long as the foundations are still strong, we can rebuild this place. It will become a haven for all peoples and aliens of the universe. Now those foundations are gone. Sorry. Killing Hela. Or does he kill her? Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a stretch, right? We don't see a body, and even in comics, if you see the body. And how does she transport around? It's a green coloring behind her, right? Oh, right, right. Sure. Like a Disney right before that, yeah. Right before that sword goes in, everything around it goes green. Oh, I didn't notice that. Interesting. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they might hold off and leave it like, kind of like... Un- actually, unlike a certain other character that had a similar death, uh, Marvel has come out and be like, no, no, they're dead. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they would. So Chris Hemsworth has said he's not done with Thor in terms of like his willingness to do it. I think it's open ended. Um, 100%. So I expect that there's going to be a Thor 5, and I wonder. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's been announced. Thor 5 is happening. Oh. No Taika. Oh, is it? No Taika. Yeah, I, I knew the No Taika. I'm sure was... Taika's like, all right, I did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. I, I made it. such a bad movie, they're not going to have me back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they haven't canceled this Star Wars movie, though. Oh, yes, they have. Oh, have they? Oh, never mind. Okay. That Star Wars movie's been canceled. Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie's been canceled. You don't, don't get know. a Star Wars movie, and you I, don't get a Star Wars movie, and you don't. I honestly don't know what Lucasfilm is doing with Star Wars right now. They're like, I think, I think they realize that TV's the way for Star Wars to go for right now. Yeah. Well, maybe. They're telling maybe. better stories in their TV series That's true. than they are That's in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, aboard the Grandmaster ship, the Statesman, this is me in real time realizing that it is called the Statesman? Yeah. Not what? the Orgy ship? Yeah. Sure. Not, well, this is a different ship. This is the ship that they're all on. Oh, the right, right, right. The Orgy ship was what Loki used to get back to Yeah, the little scout yeah. ship. Oh, no, no. But that that shows up. It's not the name of the ship, but uh, one of the last shots at the end when they're in space, you see the you see the orgy ship like sitting on I, top of the statesman. Oh, I I, mi- I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Thor, the Millennium Falcon, like clinging to the side of the Star Destroyer before it floats away with the rest before, of the garbage. With the garbage, yeah. So Thor is now king, reconciles with Loki, and decides to take his people to Earth, and that. Dear audience, is movie. But wait, there's more. Yeah. Of course, because it's a Marvel movie. So in a mid-credits scene, the Asgardians uh, in you know space are intercepted by a large spacecraft. Hey kids, you know all those uh, warm, fuzzy, good feelings you had during this movie because of how good it was? Don't expect to have those for much longer as these movies go on. We're we're about to enter the Marvel becomes DC for a hot minute bleakness. Yeah, Yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, But then to balance that, as the palate cleanser, in a post-credits scene, the overthrown Grandmaster is confronted by his former subjects. Can't have a revolution without somebody to overthrow. But that, buddy... That is full on movie. movie. Yeah. Oh, that was a fucking phenomenal movie. I love that movie so much. So fucking much. I mean, it's just. Uh, yeah. 
Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Taika. Yes. Yes. That's the appropriate reaction. Not this nerd rage is from Love and Thunder. Thank you. Just thank him. Just thank well, him. Well, hold on to my nerd rages for the next one. Uh, so, Todd, yes. like always, of course, we got some questions. We do. Um, who was your favorite character? I mean, no one is showing up in this poorly, including Korg, but the new direction we get for Thor, I just love, and it's so refreshing for the MCU. Thor. Loki. I'm okay with that, 100%. Yeah, Hiddleston's, Hiddleston's at the top of his fucking game in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. So, uh, we, we, Yeah. Casey, here's your easy question. What's the best scene in the movie? <laughs> oh, this is the easy question? Yeah, this is the easy one. Um, sure. It's the elevator scene. Sure. Yeah. I, it's again, the second the, best elevator scene in the MCU. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. But which part of the elevator? Like the touching or get help or the get help The intro? whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Okay. The whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Just like the best elevator scene in the MCU, it's when everyone's getting on the elevator with Cap yep. to, before we start, does anyone want to give off, get, get yeah. off, to yeah. him jumping out of the, like, Sure. Thirty stories up, and we're like, uh, Cap, what's your uh, what's your plan now? <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a bad moment here. I mean, for me, yeah. it's you know, the, it starts with Thor uh, telling us about the time he almost died, and yep. uh, yeah, and it, it ends with uh, the uh, big the aster, so or dark aster. Yeah, yeah. Is that what the? That's what Thanos's ship is, the Dark Aster, right? Uh, is that no, that's Ronan's, no, that's, that's Ronan's that's ship. Ronan's ship. I don't know if we ever find out. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, good question. Well, I'm sure Wikipedia will tell us when we get to Infinity exactly. War. I'm sure they will. All right. So, uh, lastly, or second to last? No, no, second to last. Uh, <laughs> what is what is one scene you would cut? You know, it's a really broad story. A lot happens. Sakaar could be its own movie, right? Mm -hmm. Separate from all the hella stuff at the beginning and end. Um, that said, and it's like two hours and ten minutes of credits. That said, it, it doesn't drag. There is nothing I would cut. There's nothing that I felt like, eh, we didn't need it. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, if, we, if I had to pick something... Just so, because this this stays pretty family friendly. Mm -hmm. There's some swearing and stuff. I'd cut the orgy ship joke. Okay, sure. So you don't have to explain what a fucking orgy is to your child. Sure. That's Other fair. than that, I'm 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 good with this movie. Yeah, as is. Yeah. And then finally, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? Yes. Yes. Agree. <laughs> I it's thought we everyone. might switch. I thought we might switch favorite characters. I thought you might say Chris Hemsworth, and I was going to say Tom Hiddleston. But no, it's yes, it's yes, it's yes. It's, yeah. it's everybody. Everybody in this movie, I'm hoping, had as much oh. fun as we had watching it. Like, agree? Yeah, yeah. So, Todd, yeah. it's that special time of the well, evening. Almost. Uh, oh, so, you Casey, motherfucker. The IMDb so, score for this movie. Do you uh, remember from last time? It's it was low. criminally low. It's 7. like in the sevens, 9. right? Yeah. Seven point nine. Fuck you. Nine point seven. Nine point seven. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. Yes, yeah. It's not yes, a perfect yes. movie. There's you know some of the jokes don't land for me. Some of them I'm like all right let's let's move this along you know, but yeah, fucking yeah. nine point seven. This is a great movie. A hundred percent. A hundred percent of the nine point seven. Yes. <laughs> so now it is that special fun time of the evening. You only got 
two after this, buddy. Oh, a lot of pressure. I know. I, and well, yes. then it's all the pressure's all on me. Then it's all on you, and I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine with that. Okay, I gotta, I gotta slip. Two. That's what she know, said. It's just one. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I think we're going. I think we're going back in time. This might be one of these ones. Gotta get back in time. This might be one of those ones uh, that we need to make sure actually was a. Oh shit! It is. <laughs> I I remember seeing it. I. Hero at Large, starring John Ritter, nineteen eighty comedy superhero movie. What? Kevin Bacon's in that. Oh no shit. What is this nonsense? I'm oh pretty God, sure that... it was a it was an actual theatrical movie. Oh, I don't like that IMDb score. Let's start. Let's start there. I mean, it's 1980, yeah. so I kind of think you gotta you know just accept it. Right, hang on. Oh, Kevin McCarthy's in this. I love him. Reception. R- Roger Ebert reviewed it. It had to be a theatrical release. Yes. Okay. Well, where okay. the fuck are you? Well, all right. Let's see. Hang let's, on. Let me see. Here at large. Oh, that is not a watch. Hero at large. Prime Video. You can rent it for two eighty nine. The DVD is available on Amazon. Oh, Jesus Christ. For is it one $15? Of those ones? Yeah. Pass. P- hard fucking pass on that. All right. Well, gonna... All right. Well, well so, so we have some time because, dear TSPHC audience, it is December 8th as we are recording, the, uh, as this episode is being released. Yes. So that means we're going to go on our little hiatus for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a fun special uh, wintertime fun time episode coming out <laughs> where we will be doing <sighs> Roadhouse and Roadhouse. the Pirates of Penzance. That's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> we said and then we, said. we will be back with the main feed on January 12th. All right. So look for Hero at Large, first movie of the new year. <laughs> Hashtag yay. Yay. So, Casey, as you may know, Music yeah. for our podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. Well, Todd, you ignorant slut, I don't know why you decided to skip the part where we talk about that you could reach out to us by email sure. at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. And with that, have a wonderful and happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, Todd, for the love of God, don't say it. Don't say it. I see it on your little mischievous face, you motherfucker. And we will see you in the new year on the main feed. Please we join will. us for our fun, silly episode where one of we both try and convince the other one that the movie we brought to them isn't a movie they should hate. I... I- well, I said last time I don't hate Pirates of Penzance. I remember seeing it. I, I'm I'm going to be uh, amused by it. I'm sure. Well, good for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you'll be amused. <laughs> um, so with that, that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this year. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Be, be heroic. heroic.
where do they end up? Familiar. But one eleven B Bleecker Street. One eleven B. One fourteen B. One. 112B, uh, no, oh, fuck. 114, Who? Dr. Strange Address. I'm going to say it right Bleaker. once you get it. 177A Bleecker Street. <clears throat> Let me try my Chris Hemsworth here. I know him. He's a friend from work. That's not How's bad. That's that? not bad. That's not bad. Because when I put them together, that is Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillaroflay.com. And we look forward to creating with you.